Patas. 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 Welcome to Fart House, the podcast where we watch the artsiest, fartsiest films so that you can pretend you did. I'm one of your hosts, one of your attractive hosts, Casey O'Brien, and I'm a I'm a, joined by another one of our attractive hosts, Patrick Mallon. Patrick, how are you? Uh, it's it's um funny that you say that uh, I'm an attractive host. I've had multiple people recently tell me uh, that I look like with my with my hair, which I've not cut cut since pre pandemic. Yeah, they say that I look like Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. Now, would you? That's not a compliment. No, it's not a very um, nice thing. And are these people that love you and would be honest with you, or are these cruel strangers? <laughs> I think I think the former. I think they love me. I think okay. they're trying to be. I think they're trying to tell me something. You do have a look. I mean, with your glasses, I I said recently you look like Jeffrey Dahmer a little bit too. Yeah. I think you um, cut that out of the last episode. I did. It wasn't in there, but I I have uh, <laughs> called you that said that you look like Jeffrey Dahmer, and we looked at some photos, and we all agreed you do kind of look like Jeffrey Dahmer. Survey particularly said. With, survey says that you do. Yeah, thank you for calling me attractive. Uh, You're I'm a little forlorn because the Padres are out of the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. But, I'm sorry um, about that. We won't get too wrapped up in that, but there's always next year. How are you, Case? Mm. I'm doing well, just settling back into this crazy West Coast lifestyle um, after being in the Midwest for several months. Um, Do you miss uh, to- the Midwest? I miss the cabin we were staying at because mm-hmm. it was so secluded and we could walk. We'd never had to wear masks when walking outside. Now, when we step out of our apartment, we have to wear a mask because yeah. we'll be run into some neighbor or um, I don't know, somebody. Right. Uh, so that's been a little tough. Um, and just the, it was like so autumnal. The leaves were changing. Mm. It was really nice. So I miss that, but it's good to be home back in my apartment with my things. Uh, so yeah, you know it's a it's a bittersweet sensation, I would say. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's us, I okay. guess. Um, well, today, Patrick, we're doing a special type of episode today. We are. And I have to credit my wife Trisha Tonko, who sort of forced us to do this episode because she was <laughs> like, "You need to do a silent film and call it a silent but deadly fart house episode," I which love is that. very SBD. very funny. An SBD. It's very funny and. I'm I'm glad we did it because we're doing a silent film today, The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, it was hard to watch a silent film. Yeah, had I you was... seen a silent movie before? A feature-length silent movie? Oh, that's a good question. Yeah, I have. I, I rented this movie called, I think it's Vampire mm. or Vampires. Is that Dreyer? I think so. And I watched that, and that was really hard. That was feature length. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I've seen clips, you know, in film school, we'd, we watched snippets of like Birth of a Nation and the battleship Potemkin mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, Nosferatu, but I haven't seen any of those actually. Oh, interesting. I think this might be my. Well, have you seen Fritz Lang's M? Yes, that's it, not silent. That's not silent, is it? No, it's not. Okay, okay. I was um, thinking I, about that though. That's I love that movie. I love that movie too. Um, but it is not silent, my, no. my friend. Um, but I've seen all of Birth of a Nation. You uh, have? Yeah, I watched the whole well, thing. I can't remember how long. It's long though. Like it's long. Well, how old were you when you watched that? <laughs> Sixteen or seventeen? No, that makes sense. So uh, that was, I think, after you lost your virginity. If I. <laughs> Or before, around that, that time, though. I, I, I don't know. I don't recall. Okay, but I <laughs> think that makes sense because this is, Birth of a Nation is one of those movies, and they talk about it in film, we'd hear about it in film school a lot, too, where it's like, it invented the modern film. Mm-hmm. Like, the editing techniques and the story structure, it's like how uh, an important film in that way yeah but it's also very hateful and evil film it is that is yes it is a yeah it's the heroes of the film are literally the ku klux klan yeah um it's bad dw griffith is a pretty proud racist it's bad uh 
but like if you read like I have this book the thousand and one movies to see before you die do you have that book I don't think I have a, a copy of that but you've seen that before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. A lot of people in film school had that book, and that is in there. That's, like, one of the earliest entries of, like, you have to see this movie. Also, you know, like, if you look on the Wikipedia pages of those types of movies, like Birth of a Nation or The Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, it says, considered one of the greatest movies of all time. Mm-hmm. Which I just think is sort of silly. Yeah. I agree. I don't know if we can consider that anymore. No, I don't. I don't think so either. And we'll probably get into that too. But yeah, I mean, I will give credit to Birth of a Nation for being like for I think it was over two hours. I can't remember a silent movie for over two hours, and it was not that boring. I mean, it was boring. Really? Yeah. That's such a. I don't know if I would ever want. That's like a completionist sort of thing that you do as like a 16 year old exactly because i wanted to see the afi greatest 100 movies that's it it's on the afi's list right that's so silly i wonder if that's been updated and is still on there i don't know that would be a good question i mean it's like there's some merit to it but it's also just deeply despicable it's weird it's a it's it's weird it's one of the most i don't know in reading about dr caligari i read about there was this um i forget the name of it but the guy that plays dr caligari um Yes. Vena Cruz, I think. He was in a... Um, Joseph Goebbels made a very famous, infamous uh, anti-Semitic propaganda film, like 1940. Yes. Um, that's well, let's, let me that. introduce the show a little bit so mm-hmm, we can mm-hmm. uh, get into all that, because yes, I have some thoughts about that as well. So, yes, this is Fart House. Um, we're going to be discussing the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Uh, and, hey, we might even have time to discuss the drawer of... Oh, that's a bad joke. Never mind. Uh, the um, <laughs> what were you uh, gonna say? I was gonna say, I was gonna say, we might even have time to discuss the dresser of Doctor Cabinet. Uh, of all Dr. of his Caligari. different containers like, and compartments. Yeah. I'd like to look in his pantry. Okay, sounds like pantry a sexual of joke. Doc- that's actually a better joke. The pantry of Doctor <laughs> Caligari. Okay, so. We're going to subject it to our proprietary fartsy test to determine how impenetrable this movie is. Patrick will give it a drink pairing, and then at the end we'll give each other notes to improve the show. But Patrick, we must begin the show the way we do every show. Do you own this movie on DVD, and have you seen this before? No and no. I have a question. Yes. Did where? What did you watch this on? Mm, Amazon Prime. Me too. Yeah. Now, there were two things on Amazon Prime. There was one where it had like an updated soundtrack with a weird voiceover. Oh. You didn't didn't watch that one. I did not watch that one. Did you watch that one? No. Okay. But I saw that was on there. Did you... Okay, when you were watching this movie, was there a... A watermark? A watermark that said Mill Creek Entertainment? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Popping up on there? Yeah. So So, I searched this on my Roku, and it is available like on hundreds of random free movie apps. This must be in like the the public domain or something. I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, it came, I think it was, I don't know what year it actually came out or what year it came out in the United States, if it was 20 or 21. But yeah, I was wondering if it must be in the public domain or something because it's, it's virtually, every, the first place I looked for some reason was Criterion Channel. Uh, and I typed in cabinet and there are like 600 videos of some guy talking about a cabinet. I don't know, God knows what it was. <laughs> and then, you ran, and ran then, yeah, I did the same thing. I went to Roku, and it took me like forty tries because I wanted to use the dictation feature. So I was like screaming okay. into my Roku remote, trying, <laughs> trying to. Get it. There were like forty different permutations of. <laughs> Do you normally use that feature on your Roku? No, but I'm. I don't know what compelled me. You were just to. trying to. <laughs> and then I watched this movie later called. Becky, this other horror movie, which yes. we won't talk about, but I also tried to get that, and it was, it was a disaster. Uh, but what I was going to say, the quality, I did not feel like it was very good no. on Amazon Prime. And usually Prime does a pretty good job of having really high-quality versions of old horror movies on there. Mm-hmm. But this looked like it came off a VHS tape, and it was hard to watch because... It's a silent film. Mm-hmm. There's no dialogue. No. And you're really, it's really important to 
be able to discern the differences between people, but people kind of looked similar. Yes. And it was kind of confusing for me to watch. Yeah. This was a movie where you really needed to be able to see things very clearly because everything was like pretty much. Do you know if there's a, is there a good transfer out there or is this like the best that exists? I don't know. Hmm. I have no idea. I'd be curious about that. I did no research about that. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like there should be because didn't it look like like a bad VHS? It did. It looked like a bad VHS. And I feel like a film um, of this historical import, like some university, like whether it be UCLA yeah. or some other one would like want to have, have an immaculate copy of it. Fart. Well, to speak on the history of this movie, it was released in 1920. It was directed by Robert... I don't know how to say his last name, but I'm going to say Robert Weenie. No, Weenie. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, w is Weenster. a v in German. Math, the, the creator of Mad Men, his name is Matthew, and he pronounces it Weiner. Mm-hmm. But it's like spelled like Anthony Weiner. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, think they're the both e might become, come before the I with Matthew Weiner. Hmm. I'm 50% German. I should know this. I don't know. But anyway, directed by Robert Weenie, and Roger Ebert <laughs> called this the first true horror film. So mm-hmm. that's why we're doing this movie, because we wanted to, we're doing a month of spooky, scary movies. So that's why we picked this, if yes. you were wondering why we're talking and about it. And it's silent and it's deadly. It's silent and deadly. And like SBD. Casey's farts after a quarter pounder with fries. Nice. Okay. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> uh... Should we get into this movie? Start opening it up, dissecting it like a cabinet? <laughs> yes. Be my doctor, Casey. Perform surgery on me. So when I started watching this movie, I was like, oh no. I was really annoyed. I hate. Yeah. I hate. Were you annoyed with me? Um, yeah, but You were. So. <laughs> Patrick, you were. This was my, this, I brought this to us. <laughs> But you know what I was thinking? I was think I was just thinking. This might that be it was, our least listened to episode. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking that I was thankful that it was only seventy minutes. Ugh, me too. But when it started, I was just like, "What have I done?" Because <laughs> it was like we watched this on a Thursday night, and I was kind of like ready to have you know relax. But it was, it was, it felt like I was doing homework. It felt like you know. Eating broccoli. Yeah, this is vegetables. the this is the movie that's definitely felt the most homeworky that we've done so far. Yes, by far. Yes. So that that was hard for me when yeah. it started. I actually. Um, so you watched it at night. Was it after dark? Yeah, it was. Oh, see, I made sure I knew that I would have to watch it while it was light out. I just had to. Otherwise, it just would have put me. I would have been like, say, so I would have slept for twenty five years. <laughs> Much like Caesar in this film. Yes. Uh, the the so. I was surprised at how confused I was watching this movie. Me Did too. you have trouble following what was going on? Yes. I'm glad that you kind of did too, because um, I went back to read the Wikipedia entry to try and understand yeah. what happened. And it was like so coherent and it was like such like a clear outline of like so many things that happened. I'm like, I didn't get that any of that happened. I mean, some of it, yeah. but like. And one would think that this is a silent film. It would be pretty, you know, everything would be obvious, but it was very there's a lot of switcheroos in this movie yeah so i had a hard time watching it it was really Um, tough to follow and you know one i I was kind of thinking that there would be at least a few more dialogue cards because you know in the for those that don't know in the silent movies i thought this too i I, i'm gonna i go on but i agree yeah like there just was not a lot there weren't many dialogue cards and i feel like there should have been at least a handful more I thought there should have been a dialogue card after everyone, like, because you can see people, like, speaking to each other. And I'm like, what are they saying? And mm-hmm. they a lot of times they did not have a dialogue card right, for that. Right, there would be it's nothing. It's like, oh, I guess he didn't like that. Or right. He told him this. I don't know. <laughs> and I know they're kind of, like, pantomiming, so we're kind of supposed to, um, I don't know, glean what the, glean the meaning from their pantomization. But it was pretty hard to follow. Yes. So let's get into the plot a little bit here so people know kind of what's going on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the be- the movie starts very strangely. There's a young man uh, talking to an old man on a bench. Mm-hmm. And the young man is like, oh, man, there goes my wife. And this, like, spooky woman walks by. <laughs> and like then he's like, <laughs> in a daze. And he's like, you'll never know what we just went through. 
And then we flip back in time to when he went to a fair to see a sideshow attraction, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Dr. Caligari. Yes. And <laughs> the cabinet, what is this damn cabinet, Patrick, everybody's talking about? <laughs> it's where he keeps his, uh, so Man. Dr. Caligari keeps his som- somnam- somnambulist. Now, this that? movie, that was a movie. <laughs> there were several words on the title cards where I was like, what the fuck is that word? <laughs> Somnambulist, yes. which means sleepwalker, right. basically. So Dr. Caligari keeps this man boy in <laughs> this somnambulist in a cabinet, in kind of a coffin. And he's been asleep for 25 years. Which... Now, he's... Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> well, it's funny because you call him a man boy, and he does. He looks about 18, but Dr. Caligari's... <laughs> He's been asleep for 25 years, and he's about to wake up. <laughs> well, maybe he was kind of put in there at 18, and he hasn't aged. Ah, oh, um, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, uh, Dr. Caligari is like, I'm going to open this box open the, and introduce you to the man-boy Caesar and wake him up. He's been asleep for 25 years. And uh, You know who Dr. Caligari looked like? Who? He looked like uh, the penguin from Batman Returns. Yes, he did. Very penguin-esque. My name is not Oswald. It's Penguin. I am not a human being! I am an animal! Cold-blooded! Yeah, like Danny, De- Danny DeVito could play Dr. Caligari. Oh, definitely. That's a good. That would be good casting. <laughs> um, so Caesar is the guy's name who lives in the cabinet, and he looked, I mean, he looked like a modern-day hipster. I felt like he's kind of like, he looked like he could have been in the band Interpol. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hipster component and then a bit of an emo component too with the very hairdo. emo maybe that's more of a uh, more accurate <laughs> yeah. but they they wake this guy up and dr caligari is like you can ask him anything he'll tell you the future and the friend of the main guy what's the main character's name francis Patrick? francis yeah. so the francis is, is the one alan. telling this telling the story and he goes to the fair with his buddy alan and alan asks <laughs> how long will i live and caesar goes you're dying tomorrow morning, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Would you Would you want to know that information? How much longer you were going to live? I was going to ask you what you would ask. Oh, what I would ask? Caesar. Um, but would I want to know that information? No, I absolutely would not. Yeah, you know, you can get those tests to see if it's like, you're going to get, uh, you know, um, Alzheimer's. Or you're oh, gonna get, yeah. You can, you can find out. If you're going to get diseases, kind of, and I wouldn't even want to do that, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think I would either. I don't know. So, yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to know how long I was going to live. What would I want? I don't know. I, I'm already prone to various neuroses. I don't know if I'd want to introduce a new one by asking a sonambulist my future. So much of life is about the unknown. You know, the only thing I was thinking I might ask is, would the would a Minnesota sports team ever win a championship? And hmm. but I wouldn't even want to know that because if he said no, I would be like, I'm never watching sports <laughs> yeah, ever <exactly>. again. <laughs> you know, so I don't think I I don't think I, I would think have even maybe I would ask, is Donald Trump going to die of COVID? I think I would ask that. I think I would ask, when is he going to die? When is he going to die? Yeah, yeah, he's got to die at some point. What if if the sonambulist told you he was never like he was going to live forever? Would you believe him? Oh, Donald Trump? Yeah. Is live forever? Yeah. That would that would that would I would shoot right out of my socks. That would scare me so bad. Um there's kind of a funny thing that happens between Alan and Francis. I think this is before they go to this fair. They're kind of walking. And it's like, oh, Francis and Alan are fighting over the same woman. And then Francis is like, No matter who wins, we'll stay friends, yeah. won't we? Yeah. And shortly after, now, Alan is murdered in his bed. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because the somnambulist was correct. He does die the next morning. So he gets murdered. Yes. And uh, But I was going to ask you, Patrick, if you and I were, fi- you know, I'm married, but mm-hmm. we, you know, travel back in time. We're both single and we're fighting over the same woman. Mm-hmm. If I was murdered, would you be a little happy that I was killed? Because now you would get the girl. <laughs> I don't think so. In fact, I think it would probably extinguish... Well, actually... What if you really liked her, though? Yeah, I was going to say maybe it would extinguish any romantic flame between me and this uh, 
person that we're thinking of. But maybe it would bring you tighter together. But maybe you know? it would bring us closer together. Yeah, that's the flip side. It, and I wonder mm, how, you know... I wouldn't be happy. Was, would you be happy? I, th- I You know, I think... <laughs> My first thought would be my my friend Patrick has been murdered. How awful! I'm overcome, and I'd say about a few minutes later, I'd be like, "Hmm, I kind of I kind of <laughs> scored a lucky break there." Um, hard to say though, you know. Hard yeah, to say. Hard to say. <laughs> Fortunately, um, we anyways, don't have to experience that. Well, I guess you never know. Yeah. We could find ourselves in those circumstances God. one day, but hopefully not. I so much would have to go wrong in my life, like horribly wrong for us to be in that situation. I just, I can't imagine we'd ever be, uh, um, do you ever watch 90 day fiance? Mm, yes. I watched one season and it was really good. Um, and then I just, I don't know what happened. I just didn't go back and watch other seasons, but I watched the season. Um, I don't even remember any of their names, but there was the, the blonde woman who was dating the guy, I think in Morocco. And then... Yes. And then there is the larger She's on a few seasons. Uh, middle-aged woman that was dating the very young Dominican guy. Yep, yep, yep. Uh that's you, that could have basically you could have explained a hundred like a yeah. few seasons with those co- <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about. But it's funny cuz that show is so much like now that I'm older, I just feel like I don't you know, when I was younger it's like there's one you, love is is kind of like how it is in the movies. Like preordained. You're like struck, preordained, yeah. you know. And I feel like everyone on 90 Day Fiance operates under that yes. type of thinking. Because they'll have like some weird, what they'll consider kind of magical moment right. with the this stranger in another country. And they are willing to throw away their entire lives <laughs> yeah. for love or what they consider love like it's just so ridiculous and it's wild too because most of them are older Not or both. at least like older mid to yeah. late 30s and, is like the average age i feel like and most of them are getting scammed and it's obvious <laughs> that these people from different countries think that everyone from america is rich but always the people from the u.s don't have that much money no and they're like barely able to scrape by and they can't really afford to bring this person over from a different country like do you remember that really creepy guy i think his name was david and he married he was like early 50s mid 50s and he married and he married a 19 year old filipino no he uh, this was a different one he married a thai woman and he had to like purchase a water buffalo uh for her family for her hand in marriage god I don't remember that one, but that also describes, you know, That's it's always yeah, older men, young, young Asian women. Um, anyways, I don't know why I got on that track, but, you know, <laughs> but I was just going to say I wouldn't sacrifice our friendship over a woman uh, ever. Yes. Because I think it would just be like this. This will I don't want to corrupt my life for this. So anyways, back to the dang film. <laughs> So, yeah, like we said, Alan gets murdered in the morning and they're looking for a murderer and they suspect it's the Caesar guy who said, <laughs> which made sense because he's the guy said, you're going to die tomorrow morning. Right. It would, would make sense so. that Caesar. It's a good way uh, to make sure that his predictions come true. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, also, they called Dr. Caligari a muntabank. Yeah. Have you ever heard that word? No. Before? Did you look it up? I did. It's like a scammer. Oh, uh, okay. There, I was learning all these uh, vocabulary words. Yeah, for some reason I decided to look up Somnambulist, but I didn't look up Montebank. <laughs> now, someone else gets killed next. I'm having a hard time remembering even what happened in this movie. Oh, you know who we didn't talk about? They, the town clerk is killed. Okay, that's right. Okay, so next the town clerk is murdered, and now it's like there's a murderer on the loose. Mm-hmm. And Francis is like wanting to kind of inspect this situation. So he goes and spies on Dr. Caligari mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm going to watch this Caesar guy to make sure he's not the murderer. And eventually Caligari gets kind of taken away and he goes to the box and he opens it up and there's a dummy inside. Caesar is not in there. Mm-hmm. The somnambulist because Caesar, the real Caesar is abducted the love of Francis and the deceased Alan, yes. whose name is Jane. Jane. Mm-hmm. 
which I don't so, think we find out until like the last dialogue card. I could be wrong, but that I think her it's name like, was Jane. Yeah, it's very near the end. I I could be wrong, but I remember it being very near the end that we find out her name. But do you remember why um, that <laughs> Caligari has has Caesar kill the uh, town clerk? No, I don't remember because. Uh, Caligar, I just thought this was so funny and so German, especially like this movie is made like <laughs> right after World War One. Yes. And Dr. Caligari goes to this town clerk to get a permit to run this to run his sideshow. Show. Yeah. And the town clerk is like a total dick to Dr. Caligari. He's short with him, but He's, he does give him the permit. Yeah, he gives him the permit. He didn't deny <laughs> so him. That's, yeah, that was very <laughs> dishonored. You dishonored me with your rudeness. Yes. So I'll have my son, him, Somnambulus, come and kill you in the night. <laughs> so, yeah, Caesar kidnaps jane a mob runs after her him he drops jane and then he dies yeah that was kind of confusing that was kind of like he just died right yeah yeah man i'm having i did not absorb this film very well it's Um, it's hard to remember well so then um what happened (laughs) and then okay so this is what happened remember francis Runs after Caligari. Yeah, and he ends up in like an insane asylum. And he runs to an insane asylum. And then he finds out it's very dream logic. Like he see he follows Caligari into the insane asylum. Mm-hmm. And he learns that Dr. Caligari is actually the head medical guy <laughs> yeah, he's at like the this insane asylum. Of the he's the director of the insane asylum. And <laughs> Francis tells like other doctors, they're like, you know, your chief medical guy your director is it's running a sideshow in town he's got a little man boy in a box that he's telling (laughs) to kill people and they go through his journals and they discover that his name isn't caligari i guess no but he's obsessed with a monk named caligari we do we learn what his real name is I don't know and, if we do. That's a good question. Okay, so anyways, his, he's not Caligari, but he's obsessed with this monk named Caligari. Like the 11th century. Who, 11th century, who had a little man boy in a box that he used to kill people. Yeah. And so <laughs> he goes insane by this story and is like, I must become Caligari! <laughs> and then the other people subdue him, put him in a straight jacket, and he becomes... And the, the Dr. Caligari character becomes a patient at the insane asylum. Yes. This took quite a twist at the end. The one of a few twists. Yeah. But that was like, I was like, it, it was hard to follow yeah. at this point. And then it cuts to the back to the beginning of the story where Francis is telling this old man about how he and his betrothed went through quite an ordeal. Yeah. And it turns out that Francis is in an insane asylum. <laughs> yeah. And Caesar's and just another patient. And he's been crazy. He made it all up. Jane's just another patient. Caligari is an actually like nice doctor there. Yeah. He's like the director of the insane asylum. But it's like all these characters are there. Caesar's there. And he made it. It was all in his head. Yeah. That, that was kind of interesting because I feel like this is the first... This is probably the first time where it's like, it all was in his head the whole time, (laughs) which is like such a common movie thing now. Oh my God. So common. And it's so funny. Like I remember like, um, one of the first movies I think a lot of people identify as being like, it's all in their head and spoiler alert, but I'm sure everyone is spoilers, 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 cinema, but these are, I feel like fight club is like one of the ones that like. Uh, oh, I was going to say a, f- a few. There's other ones. Oh, yeah. There's definitely other. But Fight Club's the big one. What? Which other ones were like, you going to mention? Spoilers, spoiler spoilers. alert for cinema. If you haven't seen these movies, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, this isn't kind of the same thing, but The Usual Suspects mm, mm-hmm. was a little bit like that, where it's like, whoa, we made that. That was all made up. Yeah. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Didn't want to spoil that. There's a few others, but th- that is such a common thing. Actually, a movie came out this year that I won't say which one. Also, this happens. Mm. Uh, cool. And uh, it's so common that in Charlie Kaufman's adaptation, 
the idiot brother Donald Kaufman wrote a screenplay <laughs> about how it's all in the guy's head at the end. Yeah, he and plays Charlie, like three characters. <laughs> yeah, and Charlie Kaufman's like, that's like the most cliche, horrible. Wasn't it called? Remember the movie? I think it was called The Three. Oh, is it the three? I, think it's called the I th- thought it was the nine. I thought it was more people that I can't it was remember. the three. <laughs> it's either the, the three. three or the nine. <laughs> Some multiple of three. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyways, this has been done many times. Yes, but before. Caligari was the first, as far as we know. Uh, do you, I had some questions about Caesar. Yeah. Was he kidnapped? Did he like sleeping in the box? <laughs> because I feel like... If Dr. Caligari was a sideshow guy and he's like, I, he's been sleeping in this box for 25 years, I feel like people in the audience would be like, does he want to be in there? I know. Did you, is it, is this man kidnapped and held sla- enslaved by you? I was curious about so many things. I was like, why would anyone even want to s- s- see this? I don't know. I guess I that know. that speaks to the it lack was like, of entertainment look options. Look at this. I, I was like laughing because he's like, I need a permit to do my show. <laughs> And then when it started, he's like, look, this guy's asleep in a box. I was like, this is no show. (laughs) I was like, he's running quite a scam. Did you know, by the way, the actor that played Caligari, who looks about 600 years old, is only 35? Oh, is he? I was going to say, because he lived into the 50s, I think. Yeah. And... He Yeah, he wasn't that old. He wasn't that old. So it speaks to the quality of makeup. Yeah, he's the one that was in uh, later in some Nazi propaganda yes. films. But uh, most of the, I looked up just kind of a cursory look up. A lot of these people escaped Nazi Germany because they had they were like gay or Jewish. Yeah, well, the or, actor that played Caesar, his wife was Jewish, so they escaped to London. Yeah, so that was kind of it's just fascinating reading about this stuff yeah and how horrifying that is i know and how not that long ago i mean this movie came out literally 100 years ago Mm -hmm. but that's like not that long ago no if you think if you think about the um the depth of time it's really it's really not long at all isn't it weird did you find it weird watching this movie i was like everyone who worked on this movie is dead and has been dead for a very long time and Mm -hmm. that's kind of bizarre to think about in a way because I still sort of think of movies as a new medium, but it's not anymore. Right. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. It's interesting, too, thinking about... I thought about this with... um, This is a little off topic, but I was listening to a a podcast about um, John D. Rockefeller, and Mm -hmm. for some reason... Uh, they they or they mentioned Teddy Roosevelt for a reason, but for some reason I thought about specifically what it was like to be Teddy Roosevelt and to like live during that time. Yeah, and it's interesting to like afford people the same. This is a very myopic uh, way of thinking, but it's it's sometimes it's challenging to afford people the same level of consciousness that we have now. But really, it was probably the same. Yeah, you think of them as a little bit like cavemen yeah. or something. Like they're an, they're a, a lower on the evolutionary chain but they're not no in like 1910 no they weren't and so like i'm thinking about like all the people that made this movie like they were probably it's like yeah thinking of them as like neanderthals like no they're pretty much exactly like us but without iphones (laughs) um it was interesting i read this book along uh like 10 years ago and it's like the letters of vincent van gogh and it's the collected letters and diary entries of vincent van gogh and it's pretty interesting actually but there's a part that's really funny because, you know, he lived in like the 1800s and a lot of his problems, I'm like, I relate to all of these problems. Like there, <laughs> he, he like had trouble finding a place and then there's letters between him and Gauguin who are going to live together and Van Gogh, there's a letter where Van Gogh writes about, he's like, we need to save, we need to stop eating out as much to save money. Really? And I was like, that's such a funny they were like, we need to cook at home. I was like, that is like such a, that's like a problem I still have, right. you know? Yeah. That's an enduring Anyways. issue. <laughs> Patrick, we... something we haven't touched upon with this movie what, what? is how it looks. <gasps> yes. How do we... The German expressionism of it all. Mm-hmm. Extremely distinct. It looks like it's on a stage. Everything is dramatic. The makeup, like dark circles around the eyes. Everything looks... Kind of, you know, it, this type of movie inspired Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, things and... are like kind of like pointed and leaning over and 
It's a classic look. It's like theatrical. It looked, I thought that looked really good. I mean, we talked about how this movie kind of looked shitty, like the quality yeah. of the print or whatever, but the sets and stuff and everything, the costumes, everything looked the really cool. The sets and the costumes were absolutely incredible. And that's what like really sustained me, I think. Even though yes. it was kind of, everything kind of looked the same, which was kind of cool. To, you know what it reminded me of a little bit was, have you seen um, uh, Spellbound by Hitchcock? What's that about? Um, it's about, um, it's like a psychiatrist doing or psychologist doing hypnosis. I haven't seen it in so long, but it was Did famous. Did Salvador for- Dali do a segment exactly. in there? Exactly, yeah. Okay, yes, I have seen it. And so that. I know Dali is more surrealist than expressionist, but I know there's kind of some, I'm no, I'm no art yeah. historian, but. Definitely. Well, it did feel like this, sometimes with like older movies, there it feels like this is not art. Or like they're not trying to say anything, but this had a lot of meaning and texture and so i really enjoyed it for that yeah reason um did you ever see the movie not the movie the music video for the the other side by the red hot chili peppers (laughs) yes (laughs) kind of a german expression yeah it is type thing there and like i said it's very like tim burton-esque right um you know i i have a little story the sideshow of it all uh reminded me of when I was a young boy, I was probably eight years old, and we held a growing up in South Minneapolis, and I did a magic show at my house and charged the neighborhood kids a quarter, and we had like snacks and stuff, and like all the kids in the neighborhood came over, and I did a magic show for everyone. And How old were you doing this? Eight, okay, seven. And Brady was a part of it too, my younger brother Brady, who was like four or five at the time. And he did a fortune teller booth. And so <laughs> we put a blanket over our dining room table and the kids had to crawl under the table and sit in there. And he had like a flashlight and like candles around him and stuff. And he had like a little turban on and his little robe on. And he had like a, what are like a, what are those like seeing crystal ball, crystal ball mm-hmm. in front of him? Where did and he get every this kid, crystal ball? Was it like a, just a marble? I think it was just, yeah, I think it was like a goldfish bowl oh. turned upside down. <laughs> and Brady, every kid that would go in there and he goes, I'm looking into your future. You're going to die. <laughs> and he'd do that for every kid. And some of the kids came out crying. And uh, that was just a very fun memory do of you, mine. Growing do you up. remember that pretty vividly? I I don't remember. I remember seeing Brady do his fortune teller thing. Are there any photos of that? <laughs> I'm sure there are. I wonder if I could get some from my mom for our socials. Wow. Um, Y'all are very precocious a, children. Very precocious. It's uh, Yes. There's a lot of kids in our neighborhood, too, so they were able mm, to Very idyllic. Over. I remember it being a big party. Very, very idyllic. Yeah, yes. I guess so. Ah, very good. Well, I don't have anything else to say about this, Patrick. Yeah, me neither. It was... A little tough to watch. Um, let's let's get right into it then, Patrick. Yeah, let's get into the let's fartsy test. The fartsy test. We need something to talk about here. Now, Patrick, would you like to introduce the fartsy test this week? Yes, I'll please. introduce it this week. And why don't you ask the questions this week, too? I like, you know, Ooh. just turn it on its head a little bit. Holy shit, dude. Wish you'd give me a heads up. Sorry, bro. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, okay. So I'm going to, right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to explain the Fartsy test for all the new yes. listeners. We have them pouring in. We have a lot of loyal ones. Yes. We have a lot of loyal listeners. And we got a lot of I think ones. after our Suspiria and House episode, people are going to be flooding in. Yeah. And I think we might lose all of those listeners after this episode. Oh, no. You know what? what? You might be right. <laughs> Please, we won't, we won't do another silent movie for a long time. For another year. For another year. Until the next silent but deadly. Uh, okay, fartsy test. What it is, it's a Here we go. proprietary uh, metric sort of system used to gauge the penetrableness or impenetrableness, or the accessibleness or inaccessibleness of yeah. a film. And it's designed using advanced mathematics, computational science, all sorts of things like that. And basically... The, it, the greatest minds are working on yes, this. Yes, they're on our payroll... Um, they're receiving, oh, you know who we haven't plugged in a while is East Nashville Woodwork. <laughs> they are no, they are not on our payroll. They are not on our payroll, but East Nashville Woodwork 
bankrolls the people that <laughs> sure. okay, forget East Natural Woodwork. Anyways, <laughs> one is <laughs> one is so it's a scale from one to ten. Uh, one being you know a diehard Jurassic Park, ten being um, you know a Bellatar seven hour boring bullshit thing. Um, yes, the one to ten does not mean good or bad. You can have a ten that's bad. You can have a one that's good, and vice versa. This is it's like an MPAA rating. Yes. You know, it's like what are we getting ourselves into before we see this? Right, you know? exactly. It helps. Yes, it helps you gauge if you're in the right mindset for a certain kind of film. Okay, so question number one, case is there suicide i don't remember is there oh i don't there's mental illness i don't know there's mental illness yeah there's distraught people Uh there's murder but there's murder you know i kind of want to say yes just because there could have been there could have been yeah it seems very easily yeah i think they're shrouded in misery you know are there inexplicable images that seem utterly unnecessary hmm kind of kind of I mean, the set design is so theatrical and, like, non-practical that, like, the doors are slanted and stuff. Right. So, in a way, there is. Like, it's it's really cool to look at, but it like we've been talking about, like, it's just so hard to discern so much of what's going on. And the set contributes to that. And I guess that, you know, that's part of the point is to kind of, like... You know, it's like a puzzle in a way. It's like this cerebral. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it was so hard to tell the difference between characters because there's so like hard. three guys. Caesar, Francis, and Alan are like these gaunt-looking German guys, and from a distance, I was like, I can't tell who that and is. And none of none of them have facial hair. They're all clean shaven. Oh, you know, what? we forgot to mention something that was kind of odd that happened in the movie. The so there's a murderer out there. And oh, yeah. three people have been murdered. And <laughs> How did we forget this? No, no, no. Two people have been murdered. Two people. The clerk and, and Alan f- have been murdered. Yeah. And then they find this guy raising a knife to kill an old woman. <laughs> he's like there with knife raised and he's about to kill an old woman. He gets caught. And <laughs> they ask him, like, why did you kill all these people? And he was like, it's true. I wanted to kill this old woman. <laughs> But I did not kill those first two people. <laughs> and it's never explained why he was going to kill that old no, woman. No, it is excused to. He's like, I thought this would be a good opportunity. I thought that it would be blamed on this guy that was killing him. Yes, that's right. He's like, I thought I could kind of sneak one in. Yeah, it's like the first copy serial killer copycat in in film history in cinema history. But the cops weren't like, why? what do you have after? Oh, they didn't even seem to know each other. He was just like, I was going to kill this old woman. <laughs> That was just totally, like, brushed off. Yeah, it was so funny. It's like, oh, Anyways, well, someone else is going around town killing people, so now's my chance if I want to get in I on wanted to see what all the hoot and hollering was about, so I <laughs> thought I'd jump in. <laughs> well, everyone's doing it. I might as well yeah. give it a try. <laughs> it's all the rage. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so, so there, there are some inexplicable images. Sure. There's suicide-adjacent behavior. Yes. Is the movie over two hours slash can you watch it before 8 p.m. without falling asleep? Well, like we said, it's an hour and seven minutes, Mm -hmm. but I would not recommend watching this after 8 p.m. Just the the physical reaction that happened with inside of me of being like, I'm watching a silent film. Mm -hmm. It's 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 hard to square that. It is hard to square that. And like... (laughs) I kept uh, pausing it to see how much time I had left, which of course yes. made it longer. <laughs> Not a good. We don't recommend. No, that. just fuck it. Don't. It's like clock watching. It makes it seem way longer if you keep doing that. So I had to like not check how much time was left because otherwise it made everything so much slower. You mentioned that you saw Nosferatu at the Disney concert hall, yes. right? Was that last week? That was see- last week's episode. I mentioned that. Yeah. Yes, that would see that would be a cool if there was like a live orchestra or like that would keep me engaged for this type. Oh, of thing, for sure. I think because like that would have really gotten me. Yeah, there because I mean, this movie does get credit. I mean, it's not it could be way more boring than it is. Yeah, I mean, I actually kind of enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought, like, there was things I was kind of inspired by. Like, that opening scene I thought was really interesting where he's telling the old man about his betrothed. And he's like, there she is. And she walks by spookily. Yeah. And I was like, what is going 
on. I thought that was like a really interesting. Well, and it was really intriguing to, to you know, when Francis goes to the to the insane asylum and talks to the other doctors, and they're thinking that Caligari is insane. You know, before it's before the yeah. final twist, whether it's Francis, it's insane. That whole sequence is very interesting too, as they uncover how obsessed uh, Caligari is with this monk that has the somnambulist. Yeah. It's, it's all it's oh, interesting. I was going to ask you this. Have you ever seen any movies by Guy Madden? No, I never have. Really? Yeah. Oh, I know. I think he's awesome. Is he Canadian? But he used... Yeah, cool. he's from Winnipeg. Oh, yeah. He has uh, a movie called something Winnipeg? My Winnipeg. Yeah. Uh, his movies use film techniques from the silent era, and I think he even uses cameras from the silent era. So, like, his movies especially brand upon the brain feels like a silent film and he takes a lot of German expressionism, but those movies are amazing. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that cool, up. Cool. Thank you. Uh, Cause it's okay. Next really question. Good. So that's, Oh, so we don't, yeah, don't watch it while it's still light out. If you're going to watch it, <laughs> think about this. Like you're reading the Bible or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is the acting wooden and emotionless? This is a good Far from it. question. No, it's not actually. It's so exaggerated. Yeah, they're pantomiming because there's no dialogue. Yeah. So they're just like very outside yeah. performances. True. Very true. Um, next question is, is there an inordinate amount of milling about? I say yes. Really? Yes. You think there's a lot of milling about? Why? Uh, walking to and there are a lot of scenes where it's like hmm, we're just kind of walking across the stage here. yeah exactly. <laughs> or across the set here yeah exactly or it's like uh, or there'd be like lots of shots where it's like someone's contemplating right and exactly like, we, we got that so we got that and then important stuff they kind of whiz by right you're like wait what <laughs> so i mean it's it, not as much as it's not you know the spirit of this question i think is was conceived of and thinking of certain Movies where, I mean, like Solaris, where there's like really tons of actual fucking milling about. and Or like uh, like Cleo from five to 9 seven. to... Yeah. Cleo 9 to 5? Five? Five <laughs> no. Yeah, Cleo 5 to 7. There's a lot of milling about in that movie. Yeah. Or like the Before Sunsets right. movie. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is... Um, yeah, it's like yes and no. But for me, it kind of felt like... It. Yeah, because there would be these shots of them just kind of... Yeah, walking across, walking, yeah, just walking, just ambulating around the set. <laughs> Ooh, good work, Patrick. Well, you know, so uh, have you ever seen Deadwood? No. Oh, my God. You and your premiere, you were you were so into, like, high-end television before it was cool. Thank you. I appreciate that. Like, I feel like you were always watching those HBO and Showtime shows. That, oh, I was obsessed you, with like... Deadwood in high school. I thought it was the greatest thing. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh... So Deadwood, Sopranos and <laughs> so Deadwood. The premise of the show is it's this this boom town in South Dakota, and there's a character in it who's he's the newspaperman A. W. Merrick, and he's played by Jeffrey Jones, who's famous from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off as the principal. Yes, he also got caught with child pornography. Yes, and somehow he got this role on Deadwood. I think post. Oh, really? It was post. I think so. I could be wrong, but somehow he also he wasn't was in uh, Amadeus. Yes, he's everyone would recognize him. Yes, everyone would recognize him. Very recognizable look. But anyways, there's a scene where he's with um, two characters in Deadwood who are particular, notably antisocial, and A. W. Merrick is very gregarious, and he's walking with them. He's like, perhaps we should start a club where we walk <laughs> and we talk, and we could be the ambulators. <laughs> And he's so impressed with himself. And the other two characters are just looking at him like, you fucking dork. <laughs> they just kind of walk off and he's like, the ambulator. I feel like that's like an idea I would have. We'd be like, walking club. You guys. Clubs um, are fun. You know what, Patrick? I just had a thought. Hmm. You have seen a movie, a silent film, recently. Mm -hmm. The Artist. I haven't seen The Artist. Oh, you haven't? Best Picture mm -mm. winner? You haven't seen no, The Artist. Seen... No. <laughs> Why didn't you see it? Looks stupid. You're right. I hate that movie. That movie <laughs> absolutely sucks. Really? It was, it was like, this. The, the Cabin of Dr. Caligari is way better than The Artist. The, so what's bad? Like, people went apeshit for The Artist. Like, what, God, they what did. You, can you see what people liked about it? Or no, no, it's a very straightforward movie about working in Hollywood. It's like... It's bad. Is it actually silent the whole time? 
most of the time. I think it's it's kind of it, it's a similar plot to Singing in the Rain, which I know you haven't seen, but that is about the transition from silent film stars uh, from silent film to talkies. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the artist. I don't remember the plot, but it's so boring and bad and I didn't think it was I didn't think it was particularly well shot. And it just I, I hate the Academy always does this. They love to reward films that are like uh Hollywood, where dreams come true. Yeah. <laughs> we love to tell stories. We care about cinema. Because yeah. like they they went crazy over La La Land. They yeah. went berserk over the artist. And they also loved Argo, which is kind of a similar thing of being like I had a fun time with Argo though. But it's another one of those movies where it's like, you know, in Hollywood, we're storytellers. And yeah, I that's... hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's very true. I'm glad. Don't see the artist. It won Best Picture. That's wild to me. I do kind of have that. I mean, we've talked about this before uh, and earlier in this episode, how there's like this completist streak in some of us. Like, you know, that's why I watch Birth of a Nation. But um, I I kind of want to watch, you know, all Best Pictures. So I'll probably watch it. But maybe I won't. I just don't know if that's... I just think... I've lost so much faith in the institution of the Academy. I mean, like, oh yeah, and it makes me quite. When I was younger, I thought of like the Academy Awards as the ultimate honor, and like I held had so much faith in it. And same with other things like Rolling Stone magazine. I was like, if this mm-hmm. says if Rolling Stone says this album was best album of the year, it is the best album of the year. Same with the Academy right. Awards. It's like, well, they're right. They know. And yeah. now I've just. I've lost total faith in any institution. Yeah. Especially our government, Patrick. (laughs) Oh, God. Where are we, Casey? I know. I think you should get to the sixth question here, Patrick. Okay, our final question. Would you rather read 10 pages of David Foster Wallace or watch this movie? Patrick. Yes. I think I'd rather read 10 pages of David Foster Wallace. Me too. Wow. So that just proves uh, this was such a homeworky movie. It was a very homeworky movie. And I think, so we've we've um, responded to all the questions. Let's throw them in the matrix. Let's start calculating. Um, Wait, we, 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 before we calculate, do we have any medallions we want to award this movie? I feel like this... Uh, the homework the, medallion. The homework medallion, <laughs> yes. Or the chore medallion. Or the broccoli medallion. Um <laughs> yeah. The eat your vegetables medallion. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's it should be shown at universities, but yeah, like this we, would be good. You know what? This would be good if I was at a Halloween party, and I'm in a sexy little Halloween costume, <laughs> and I'm have you know, there's spooky music playing, there's fun decorations, there's punch bowl, there's candy. I'm having a great time, and if. At that party, they projected the cabinet of Dr. Mm. Caligari in the background. So I could just be kind of like, oh, this is adding to my mood. I'm loving this. Yeah, I agree. Then I would like it. But Yeah, it's not a movie. It's not particularly, it's not really entertainment. It it hasn't held up as entertainment. No. Um, So let's uh, let's calculate this sucker. Let's put it in uh, our machine here. Mm -hmm. And here it comes out. Okay, I got it. Um, Patrick, what's your score? This could go one of two ways. 8.8. I'm giving this a straight nine. Oof. Did did my score change you? No. Okay. You, you were nine from the get-go. Yeah. Okay. So 8.9. That feels right. Yeah. The thing is, it's, it's like not, it's confusing. Mm-hmm. It's artsy looking. And it's so painful to watch yeah. that it it could only only cinephile completionist cinephiles would right. ever want to watch this. this. We talk about if we put it on at a slumber party. Yeah, <laughs> this truly, I I think people would people would be calling their murderous. parents to pick them up. Yes, and take them home. Yes, and not because they woke up in the middle of the night scared. It's because they they didn't fall asleep bored. 
<laughs> they hate their they hate their new friend they, their friend so much friend. for putting this on. Yeah. This would be like if the annoying older brother was like, "Guys, you, got, you have to watch this. This is such an important movie." That'd be like you going down to your younger brother's sleepover no, party. I, I feel like it's like a fifteen-year-old. You guys, this is so important. This definitely felt like our most sacrificial screening yet like i felt like this is where we really Sacri- put in the work yes for our listeners and thank thank the lord it was only an hour and seven minutes oh my Patrick, god do you ever i i sometimes i quake with fear about the future movies we're going to have to do yeah on this, show. this is the one where i got most anxious about certain ones that we'll have to watch and this wasn't even that bad uh, I should have watched it during the day. That was a mistake. But, you know, we Trish and I were using it for our Shocktober series. Mm-hmm. I also used it for that and, purpose as well. And I appreciate it. My competing Hooptober. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're really, our horns are locked. Uh, yeah. So I was very grateful that she was willing to watch this. You know, we watched right after this, though, as a good palate cleanser, was a new Netflix movie called Vampires vs. the Bronx. Yes. Um, I if you that. are looking for like, I love like funny horror movies too, like funny, like Hocus Pocus that aren't scary, but like right. funny and spooky. I love that type of genre as well. So I'm, I really had a great time with that. And I'm excited to watch Hoobie Halloween. The new I was Adam just going to ask you, you're going to watch that? I'm watching it tonight. Oh my God. People have said it's good. Really? Are you, are you anti-Sandman? I just when I so I saw this trailer on Twitter I think um, yeah and I was like this looks like abject shit it like looked <laughs> like oh my god like not like the most basic like an introductory computer science student like playing around with AI could have just like created Put the it entire in thing algorithm yeah I my concern here's my concern I'm not concerned about laughing because I know I'm gonna chuckle it's the Sandman <laughs> but I'm worried that. His character is, pardon me for using this word, retarded. I yeah. feel like he's going to be like on the spectrum in not a funny way. Right. But I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping he's just a, a goofy local chucklehead. I mean, Adam Sandler is, is just like, it's. you see him in Punch Drunk Love and Uncut Gems, and you're like, this is like an incredible actor. But then you kind of think to yourself, it's like maybe these ones are just tailored so specifically like it's it's hard to discern like if it's i mean obviously he's good but yeah is that just the direction and the writing of those movies are so good and so like oriented around him that no it makes i him think look he's great? i i know i think he's good i mean i don't really care that he doesn't have as much range maybe mm-hmm. but i mean he's playing different characters like the meyerowitz stories and oh, that's true. Punch Drunk Stories Love and Uncut Gems, those are all d- very different characters. And I mean, but I th- I think Adam Sandler is awesome. And I don't really care that he makes so many bad movies. I don't think, I think critics really hate that he does that. Yeah, it annoys me. But I think he's going to be kind of like our generation's Bill Murray. No. In that, why? I don't think he's nearly as funny as Bill Murray. Why does everyone think Bill Murray's so funny? I don't get it. I like Bill Murray, but I think Adam Who? Sandler will be, he'll be doing comedies, like funny comedies, and then he'll also be able to do those awesome indie movies. I think Bill Murray has is pretty entrenched in like the prestige indie world now, pretty much. He right? is now, but he didn't always used to be. Right, right. I but, think it started with Wes Anderson and Rushmore. You know what, though? You did... You mentioned something. You touched on something. You made me question a belief. And I do think... Belief in me? Yeah. Whoa. No, no, no. Cool. You made me question a, a belief I, I hold. That, oh, okay. That, that Bill Murray is very funny. And you know what? He might not be that funny. This is I heresy. I just hate... There's like a very specific type of bro who like loves Bill Murray. Oh, yeah. You well, know what I'm like talking a, about? He's like a sticker on cars. Isn't he part of like Chive? Isn't part of the yeah. Chive? Network? Something. What is Chive? Chive is like, it took me forever. I feel like I've Googled what is Chive like a million times. I'll see it like on people's. It's kind of like some bro internet TV network with like memes and video, funny videos. But, and it's kind of. I'm choosing not to acknowledge the existence of what. Yeah, don't that is. don't go down the Chive. I, don't, I shouldn't have even brought up Chive. Anyways, Caddyshack is overrated. Yeah, it's not that funny. No. And 
there, you know, there's always those stories where it's like Bill Murray walked into a bar, he stepped behind the bar, and whatever anyone ordered at the bar, he poured <laughs> him a shot of a tequila. Uh, he like that's a mood. Like I hate that kind of stuff. Yeah, about like Bill Murray mythologizing that, like, of certain yeah, celebrities. Yeah, I hate that. Well, you know, too. I mean, to take it a little dark for a second, there are a lot of. Um, distressing stories too about bill murray and, yeah there uh, are yeah. from his like ex-wife and stuff yeah there's definitely some things that um are really questionable so uh, anyways anyways this... patrick speaking of questionable behavior you got a drink pairing for us <laughs> don't you so i was thinking of trying to to make um a drink with this and i was going to make something called the night watch uh, but I didn't want to watch. I just didn't want to watch it while it was dark out. I just knew it would put yeah. me to sleep. I'd become a somnambulator, uh, som- somnambulist. So I just, uh, I watched it when it was still sun out around like 5.15 and just cracked open a hazy IPA. Mm. So un- you know- so much like this movie, the, the beer was opaque, uh, hazy, <laughs> unable to discern... <laughs> Certain aspects of the beer and the film. Yeah. Um, I it was a lot. Pairing. It was a heavy IPA. I was, I was, it was a lot. It kind of blew out my palate. Mm. <laughs> it did. The mosaic hops were too much, dude. Just like tropical fruit. I had a, I had an uh, IPA yesterday. I ordered from Spitz. <gasps> Love Spitz. Yeah. We, What'd you get, buddy? They, they, uh, we got a Donner wrap. Yeah. And we got their fries. And, they do carry out beer, so I got Cigar City High Lie IPA. Oh, that's a classic. It was really good. From really Tampa, Florida. Really hit the spot. Excellent. I have a drink pairing for this movie, Patrick. You do? Yeah. <gasps> okay. Is that okay? Yeah, please. Please. Vodka Red Bull. Because <laughs> you got to that, that it was, uh, you need something. You need Vodka to get drunk Red Bull, and stay awake. shot. Yeah. <laughs> got to get drunk and... You need to stay awake, so that's why yeah. I picked that one. <laughs> that is a very good drink pairing. So, Patrick, do you have any notes for future episodes for me? Um, I have a note for me to myself, <sighs> but go on. I was like, I was thinking about it even before recording. What is my note going to be? This is you're so good at it, and I never know what to do. Hold on, no, let me just, I disagree. You're let me good. go through my Rolodex. Don't make me watch a silent movie. <laughs> <laughs> that's. My note for that's, me that's too. That's your a note self. to me about you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um. So I think uh, you know maybe next year we'll, we'll we'll we can do another silent but deadly and maybe do something. Yeah. You know else. what? If um if the world is maybe back to some approximation of normal, maybe there'll be something like at Walt Disney Concert Hall. Where we can actually go and enjoy ourselves. Or we could watch it together. Watch it together. Hold hands. Ooh, that sounds so fun. Doesn't that sound like a dream? Yeah, it does. <sighs> but alas, we're in a world where both of us are living in our tiny little box and are being enslaved by a madman. <laughs> Dr. Gallagher. Yeah, but I doubt Trump could ever get his. No. Imagine doctor. Donald Trump watching Captain of Dr. Gallagher. <laughs> I'm not going to do a Trump impression, but I think he'd side with Dr. Caligari. Just <laughs> disgusting. So for our next episode, I'm so excited because Fart House is going to be starting to do something a little new. We're going to have once a month, we're going to have a guest on the show. Oh, it's so fun. I get to talk to someone other than you. I know. I'm a, I'm a little frightened to let you out of the cage. <laughs> Now, in this metaphor, I'm Dr. Caligari. I don't want to... I'm a little afraid to wake you up, my little somnambulist. You know I'm respectful. Uh, You wouldn't tell. You're going to die tomorrow. Um, We have a guest next week. The movie we're talking about is Let the Right One In. I'm ecstatic to talk about this movie. I love this movie. I have a deep history with this film. You do? And our guest... Yeah, I do. Hmm. Yeah, mildly deep. Uh, Moderate depth. I've seen it before, I guess, is the only history I have with it, but <laughs> I have thoughts about it. And um, our guest is the Halloween queen, Luce Tomlin Brenner. If you don't know her, she hosts the podcast, It's Always Halloween. It's a year-round Halloween podcast. 
She works at Videotech. She's directed horror oh, shorts. Oh, she works at Videotech? Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. You didn't know that? No, you didn't We can talk me. about it next week when she's on. Wonderful. Um, next she's time we awesome. say it's going to be four hours. I'm just going to be asking her questions about... Do you have this movie at Videotech? <laughs> Videotech's a movie store. Uh, <laughs> rental. Uh, rental In South Pass, One right? of the few... One of the few, like, movie rental places in Los Angeles. Is Cinephile still around? I think so. Okay, good. Good. And Vidiots is opening in Eagle Rock, which I'm really excited about. Yeah, They're it's no longer on Pico, there. right? That's long gone. Anyways, Luce Tomlin-Brenner, so excited to have her on. Check her out. Um, I'm actually shocked she was willing to do the show, but, you know, very, I'm very appreciative. So, And you know who really we have fun. to thank for that? Me? East Nashville Woodwork. Oh, no. Okay, <laughs> don't. I don't. Uh, Just kidding. So that's it. We do have Casey Pe- to thank for it. Not, not yeah. East Nashville Woodwork. East Nashville Woodwork is kind of like my enemy. A little bit. <laughs> um, so that's our show, guys. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Farthouse Podcast. On Twitter at Farthouse Pod. Mm-hmm. Um, follow Patrick and I on our Letterboxd accounts it's at so PR Mallon. Fun. I already kind of went crazy the last episode, but I'm just having so much fun on Letterboxd during the season. It's it's like literally, literally the only healthy and positive social uh, media platform. I was thinking about that exact same thing yesterday while I was on it. Um, like it's, I'm, you know, they have to monetize and they have to make money from, and I'm sure there's, obviously they're gleaning data from us, but it's, it's, yeah, it's healthy and positive and creating, fostering community and, and everyone who's on there and like, there's just kind of a, a way there's minimal interaction with other people, but there's enough where it's like, everyone just kind of gets it. Who's on there. Mm -hmm. It's a very positive. It's not like an IMDB message board. Right. Thank God. Jesus. (laughs) Which is like a pit of hell. Oh my God. Uh, So I, you know, it's an awesome place. Yeah, truly. Um, So that's it. Check us out and uh, tune in next week and tell a friend. Yes. Tell many friends. All right, Patrick. Have a fun night. I know you're getting some Domino's pizza tonight, so have a slice for me. Yes, going to movies and have some Domino's. What do and you I, have in the I also, I sent Patrick a gift, <gasps> and it's on its way to Patrick. Maybe we'll discuss about it. Via courier. Discuss it via courier. <laughs> and uh, maybe we'll discuss it next week. <gasps> wow. Exciting. All That's right. Exciting. Bye, Patrick. Bye, Case. Patas. Patas. Patas.